Hi, and welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and after teaching kids yoga for over a decade and being immersed in the industry, I created this podcast as a warm and supportive place for parents, teachers, caregivers, and kids yoga professionals to gather. Episodes include conversations with kids yoga teachers, business owners, and authors, child development experts, informational episodes on specific kids yoga topics, yoga adventures for children, and even the voices of children themselves. It is my hope that you can come here each week and gain inspiration and form connection with your fellow kids yoga community. Welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Kids Yoga Podcast. My name is Jessica Mujis, and this week I am joined by Emily Fleming. Emily is a yoga teacher and educator in Baltimore, Maryland. She has taught yoga and mindfulness full-time in a school for the last four years. In her ninth year in the classroom, Emily has extensive knowledge as an educator and yoga teacher and knows the ins and outs of manifesting a position teaching yoga in schools and creating curriculum and a strong classroom culture. Emily currently serves as the community leader of Free Baltimore Yoga, a collective of yoga teachers committed to making yoga more accessible to everyone by offering free studio quality yoga classes in non-studio spaces throughout Baltimore City. Emily completed her 200-hour Hatha Yoga training through Earth Heart Yoga in 2011 and her 300-hour Rasa Yoga teacher training in 2019 with Sienna Sherman. Additionally, Emily completed her 95-hour children's yoga training through Little Flower Yoga in 2017. Emily began a yoga practice at age 16. She's practiced around the world, from an army tent in a stranger's backyard in Hawaii, to Helsinki, Finland, to the informal settlements of Kenya. She's traveled to Kenya twice to work with Africa Yoga Project and served on AYP's leadership board in 2014. Emily, welcome to the show. Hi, Jessica. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being here. Um, Before we pressed record, I was saying to you that I feel like I see your name everywhere. So I'm excited to connect and um, just learn more about you. So I want to start at the beginning. So when did you first start practicing yoga yourself? And then when did you begin teaching it to children? Sure. So I started practicing yoga actually when I was about 16. Um, My mom was really into yoga and I was a two season athlete and she suggested um, that I go to class just to, you know, help, help stretch and everything. Um, and so I would reluctantly go more just to humor her. Right. Um, and then I would be driving home and I realized, Oh, I feel a lot less stressed. Um, and so I had a sporadic practice on and off through high school. And then my sophomore year of college, I actually, uh, or my junior year of college, actually, I did a, my 200-hour teacher training. Um, and so that is how I got started teaching yoga. And then 
I was a Teach for America Corps member in 2012 after I graduated from college and I was working at a charter school in Chicago on the West Side. And I had a lot of students with emotional disabilities and yoga was a tool that I had and it was something that I brought into the classroom with me. And it was one of the things that immediately was able to sort of change the energy in our classroom and to engage my students in a different way than they had, uh, or than they would engage, um, you know, with academics. And so it really became a tool for all of us to use in the classroom. And that's really when I knew, Hey, this is something I want to do. And there's actually, uh, a need here and a void to be filled in terms of uh, bringing yoga and mindfulness into the classroom. Wow. So, for, so you kind of um, naturally found it, you know, while you were teaching and, and very young too, you were very young when you, you started teaching right out of college. Um, so then what, how did you then go from realizing, Oh, there's a need for this and this is important to then, um, now teaching full-time in schools because there's a lot of people teaching kids yoga, but um, it's not as common right now to hear about people teaching it full-time. That's correct. Yes. So as I said, I was teaching special education and I was really burned out after only three years in the classroom. Um, I was given a lot of responsibility um, my second and third years and my heart just wasn't in it. Right. And I had this It was this classic battle of heart versus mind, right? And I said, I really want to keep working in schools, but I want to do something that I'm really passionate about and believe in. And I had this dream, this vision to teach yoga as a full-time class in a school. Um, So similar to PE, right? Um, And so I was prepared to walk away from the classroom and really give up everything to make it happen. Um, Everyone in my life, I'm pretty sure thought I was crazy um, (laughs) because right, these positions don't really exist. Um, But I got really clear on not just what I wanted to do, but how I wanted to feel when I was doing the work. And that was really important to me. Um, And so with the help of a coach and and a mentor, I was able to get clear on my vision and I started reaching out to principals and I got connected to a principal here in Baltimore, which is actually where I uh, grew up. And he said, okay, uh, we'll hire you. You know, if it doesn't work out, um, I'll still keep you on staff and you can teach special education, um, but we'll give it a shot. I know you know how to manage a classroom. And so that's how I made it happen. Um, Sometimes it still doesn't feel real to me uh, six years later, but um, yeah, it's, it was just really organic for me. And it was a, I had to follow my heart, um, And that was the most important thing, right, was doing something that I felt fulfilled doing. Um, And so thankfully, it worked out. Wow, that's so amazing. And and I think very inspiring for me to hear, and I'm sure for people that listen to this podcast to hear. Because for me, I'm like, oh, this is 
really a new profession. It would be a full-time school yoga teacher because there's a lot of after-school yoga. There's I've taught yoga within a classroom, but as a visiting teacher. But I just love this idea of yoga being completely integrated, just part of the school day. Um, can you tell me a little bit about like, so when you first started and it, you were basically just pioneering this position, like where did you start? And, um, and like, what were your goals when you first started? Absolutely. So I also want to say too, right. I was very adamant that I not only wanted a full-time position, but I wanted every single student in the school to have access to yoga and mindfulness. I didn't want it to be an opt-in after school thing. I didn't want parents to have to um, pay any extra for their students uh, to access my class and what I was teaching. So that was also part of the the vision behind um, creating this position. So when I first started, I had a scope and sequence. So when I taught in um, Chicago, I taught for a network of charter schools that was very much focused on character development. And I actually um, used that framework, right, of incorporating yoga and mindfulness into teaching certain um, character strengths. So gratitude, um, self-management, um, teamwork, those were some of the, the tenets that I was really familiar with that I believed in as an educator. And I could really easily see how I could use yoga and mindfulness to enhance um, teaching more of those social emotional learning skills. So I walked in day one with literally just a scope and sequence. I had not planned a single class. Uh, you know, and anyone who's familiar with teaching will know that even lesson planning on paper is very different than teaching in the actual classroom, right? Things never go exactly mm-hmm. as you write them down in a lesson plan. Um, so for me, it was very much, uh, okay, this is my framework. Uh, but I had to really, I built as I went, um, I built, my first year curriculum. And then the next year I built my second year curriculum and the next year I built my third. But my main goal really was to give students tools that they needed to manage the everyday stressors of their lives, right? Um, Something positive that they could use as a tool, whether it's now or in 10 years with the understanding that not every student, not every kid is going to buy in right away and that's okay, but at least they've been exposed and they have that tool that they can pull out and use when they need it. Yeah. And I love that because it's, to me, when you're saying this, it's like you were practicing yoga as you were teaching the kids and developing this. You kind of were present. You were there. You had, you knew what you wanted to do, but you allowed yourself to just kind of be with the kids and, and see what, what came of it. So that's just, I have like goosebumps. I'm like, oh, this is so exciting. Um, so this kind of brings me to your mentorship. So I saw that you, you mentor other kids yoga teachers. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that? Absolutely. So I have been mentoring other kids yoga teachers for about two or three years now. And part of this came about because 
I love the work that I do, but I also know that there are a lot of kids yoga teachers out there who are teaching in schools. And I was able to navigate this world of getting in front of principals, of figuring out what to say in an interview, of um, creating a curriculum. And all of these school, all of these tools are tools that aren't necessarily taught in a 95 hour kids yoga training, um, right? They don't necessarily cover the behind the scenes business aspect of it. And so I really realized um, with a lot of prompting and encouragement that I actually had something to offer. Um, and so I started working one-on-one um, with, I work with about five uh, kids yoga teachers maximum um, every season. So I do winter, spring, summer, fall, um, and I work with them on anything that they um, feel like they need support with as it relates to bringing yoga and mindfulness into schools. And I've worked with everyone from outside providers coming into the classroom to current classroom teachers who are saying, hey, I actually want to pivot and teach yoga and mindfulness as a class. How do I begin to have the conversation with my administrator and how do I get them to see me not as the Spanish teacher, but as the yoga and mindfulness teacher. Um, And so I feel really lucky to be able to support other kids, yoga teachers um, as they're approaching schools, because I really believe that our kids need this so much, especially right now. And the more that I can support teachers, the more that they're able to then support our students. Um, And that that's really important. And, and this is the work that really lights me up right now is coaching and supporting um, other teachers through my mentorship program. And then I also have a a six week um, crash course um, that's all about landing your dream job, teaching yoga in schools where I cover um, some of these topics um, in a in a broader sense, um, so that's my work uh, outside of the classroom, and yeah, I really love it. It's so exciting to me because there's you know I, I used to lead kids yoga trainings for kids yoga teachers, and every single training, the one commonality was that everyone was like just so inspired by it, so excited by it. And, um, you know, I feel like you reconnect with your, you know, your child, the, you know, the inner child, and you just, it's just, you can see the potential. However, to go from a training to then pivot into actually pitching a school, like, like you were saying, or how do you talk to a principal about it when you're coming in as this kind of outside niche person, that's just, so wonderful that you're doing that. So I was so interested also to see then now you're kind of focused on consulting with schools. So not just kids yoga teachers, but with schools about implementing yoga. So can you just explain what that is and how that's been going? Absolutely. So uh, this is, I I would say I'm currently in transition for this pivot into consulting. Um, Like a lot of people, COVID, um, threw a bit of a wrench into my plans. Um, but really, um, at this point, my, my hope is to begin to work more with schools and districts um, and help them create tailor-made programming, right? So there's a lot of 
amazing kids yoga programs out there. Um, but I also think it's important to acknowledge that they are not made for every single school, right? Every school has different students with different needs. Um, and so my work is going to be to come into a school, assess their needs and figure out a program um, and help to work with them to create a program that really meets um, the needs of, of their teachers and their students. Um, and so that that's, that's the transition out of the classroom um, that I would say I'm in the middle of, but I haven't fully taken that next leap, that next step. Um, and I also have this three-year curriculum that I have created. Um, and so that will be a really, uh, hopefully a really great offering as well to, uh, you know, deliver with my consulting services is this curriculum um, that should schools choose, um, you know, once it's copyrighted and published and all of that, um, that schools can can also opt into um, if they'd like. So, uh, you know, obviously with COVID, everything is very fluid right now, but um, I'm hoping that um, really by the end of next school year, so by the end of the 2021-2022 school year, um, that will be you know, I will be completing the the pivot and and working full time consulting for schools. Well, we we kind of mentioned through just email conversations that this is the time that kids really need this. I mean, kids, I think, can always benefit from yoga. But in this time in our history, when we're still in the middle of a pandemic as we're recording and thinking about next school year and wondering, okay, is it going to be all back in person? What's it going to look like? Are we going to have to wear masks? Are we going to have to change the entire school day? It's just, I think the timing is actually, even though it's, you know, it's different than what you had envisioned. I think the timing is actually pretty perfect. I think kids are going to need a lot of emotional support, just like all of us do. Um, so I just think it's a really fantastic idea. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited for you. I'm like, so proud of you. You've been, you've, you've been doing all these things within kids yoga that are kind of new and, um, the, the path you've taken is, is getting yoga to more children because you're, you're training the adults or you're working within the school system. So I, I'm just, I, I look forward to seeing where this goes for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, uh, I look forward to it too. And, and I'll say, right. It's, um, it's funny. I'm in this transition and there's so much fear in it for me of this leaving the classroom, um, transitioning into this unknown. Right. And then I think back to where I was six years ago when I was essentially doing this exact same thing, um, and not really knowing where I was going to end up or if I could even make it happen. And so, um, I, yeah, it's just, I want to speak to that, right. Of mm -hmm. there is fear in it. And especially if you're doing something unconventional as it relates to the education system, which is very, right. There's a lot of structures and, you know, these are core classes that we value and, and their systems, um, there is a lot of fear in it and that's okay to lean into as well. Um, 
and it's not all going to happen overnight. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's really important to just be patient and come back to what it is that is the reason that you are teaching yoga to kids in a school setting, right? That for me is like, come back to, I always have to come back to my why. And, and that is what grounds me anytime that I have moments of self-doubt or fear um, that, you know, what I'm doing isn't X. Mm-hmm. Um, I just come back to that. So, yes, I have a little um, picture that says, when you feel like you want to quit, remember why you started. And mm-hmm. I, I look at that often in what I'm doing because exactly what you're describing. I think when you're doing something new or something that hasn't been done before, there obviously is going to be that fear of, of the unknown, but it's, um, it's actually a good sign because it's like, okay, this is, this is new. This is different. So just, yeah, lean into the discomfort. Um, I did want to ask you for, I'm sure a lot of people listening either do teach yoga in schools, but want to do more or um, would love to have a full-time yoga teaching position. Is there like one or two points or pieces of advice that you can offer people of um, just how to approach schools? I guess, especially right now during a pandemic when a lot of it is virtual, do you have any advice? Absolutely. Yeah. And I've had a lot of kids yoga teachers ask me um, this same question. Um, And a lot of it pertains to this idea, right, during this pandemic of, well, the school doesn't want me or I can't go in in person anymore. And, uh, you know, what do I do in this situation? And what I would say is to be adaptable um, and, and get creative. So, if say you were leading a, um, you know, live sessions before the pandemic, maybe that doesn't work with the school schedule right now. So maybe there's a way that you can pivot and pre-record sessions. Um, and then, you know, obviously continue to get compensated by the school or, or however that's working, but can you pivot to doing pre-recorded sessions that they can then have their teachers implement or um, we, I was, oh, we have like a, a club, um, like a club block on Wednesday mornings. And we have all of our, you know, dance and choir, those clubs all are still meeting, even in this virtual um, space. And so it's really getting creative, being able to adapt, but also ask the questions. Um, say, hey, is there a way to continue this program even when the school is virtual? Is there a way when you do a hybrid model that we can continue to make this work? I think a lot of times, especially as educators, we can get very tied into, well, this is my plan and this is how it has to look and this is my program. And that's great in a lot of ways, but we're also being asked to adapt right now. And so the more that you can be okay with your program looking really different, your offerings looking different, the, the more poised you're going to be to um, continue working in schools uh, in this time. Absolutely. Things are changing constantly right now. So yeah, being able to 
adapt and change. It's so, so important. Um, how have you, I've been asking everyone this since the pandemic started, uh, how have you been taking care of yourself during this time? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and thank you um, for asking that, because I think that that's something that we all, frankly, should be asking each other more and, and supporting each other more in doing is, is taking care of ourselves during this time. Um, for me, it has been almost daily walks after work, um, being outside. I live uh, in Baltimore, right near the water. Um, and so there's a, you know, in my neighborhood, I, I can walk by the harbor. Um, and for me, just having a connection to nature, moving my body, being outside is so important for my health and well-being. Um, I will also say, too, I part of the reason I got into teaching, right, is I'm not good at sitting still and sitting in front of a computer all day. And now I'm being asked to sit in front of my computer for seven hours a day. Um, so for me, it's I shut my computer and I have a separate workspace um, that is not my dining room table. And I try really hard at the end of the day to when my computer is closed, it is closed. And I don't pick it up until the next day. And maybe that means getting up, you know, an hour earlier if I still have outstanding work to do. But really having that boundary with myself and keeping everything in a separate space and saying, no, I'm done. I'm not even walking into this room until tomorrow morning has been so helpful for me. Um, as well. Um, yeah, that's really healthy to have, it's like such a setting that boundary for yourself mentally, because even, you know, even just knowing there's this separate space and, and having that time away, that's, that's so, so important. So I'm really glad you're doing that. Um, now, at the end of every episode, I feel like I have so many other questions for you, but I want to start to wrap up. Um, at the end of every episode, I like to just offer a general kids yoga gem for, for people um, who are new to kids yoga or currently teaching. What would be your one piece of advice? Well, since I already talked about uh, being adapt being able to adapt and be creative, I would say the other piece of advice I have is to know your worth. And I mean that in a financial sense, right? I have a lot of, there's a lot of people that ask me, I don't know what to charge. And part of that, figuring that out is figuring out what, how valuable your time is and what is the dollar amount that you need to make to feel like that teaching experience was worth your time. I think it's also speaks to not the financial aspect of it, but the belief in ourselves, right? Know that what you are offering is important. And even though a school administrator might not see that or know that when you walk into an interview, you know your worth, you know the worth of your program. And so really speak to that and, and go into those situations knowing what you have to offer and then understanding that 
that school needs you. They need your services. You do not need them. They need you. And I think something as simple as that mindset shift and knowing your worth is one of the most powerful um, things and and one of the most powerful shifts um, that can really change that dynamic in an interview and and ensure um, success, whether you're teaching in a school um, or kids yoga in general. Um, so that would be that would be my my closing. Yes, <laughs> yes, I love that so much. That's like in kids yoga. That's in life in general. But um, I, the majority of people I've spoken to have been women um, within the kids yoga field. So I also think that's kind of ingrained in our society as women sometimes to, to not um, honor our worth. So love that. That's a very powerful piece of advice. Um, so if people want to find you, if they're interested in your mentorship or in the work you're doing, where can they find you? Absolutely. So my website is emilyflemingyoga.com and I have a whole tab on my website for yoga in schools. So if you just click that tab, you can learn more about my mentorship and my online course there. Um, And then on Instagram and Facebook, uh, my handle is Emily Fleming Yoga. Um, And so I keep everything sort of looped together there. So I do post about... um, kids yoga offerings and insights there. And then lastly, I have a monthly newsletter that I send out. I send out a free tip um, every month about uh, teaching yoga in schools. Um, And so the best way to uh, sign up for that, to get those tips to your inbox is to um, go to my website and you can subscribe there. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me and for sharing all of your experience and insight. And I just really loved talking to you. I loved it too. Thank you so much, Jessica. And I'm glad we we finally have, have gotten yes. to connect. Yes. And we'll, let's, let's plan to chat again in a year or two when the school consulting is, is moving along. And we'll, we'll talk about that. Absolutely. A follow-up episode sounds sounds great. (laughs) All right. Have a good one. Take care. You You too. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the episode and you haven't already, I would really appreciate if you can leave a rating and review and also subscribe to the podcast. This helps people find the podcast and direct more people towards it so we can spread kids yoga to more children. You can also follow us at the Kids Yoga Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And you can always send me an email at thekidsyogapodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback, your questions, and any ideas you have for future episodes. So thank you so much for being here and for listening, and I hope to see you next week.